on the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Talking Catholic. I'm Jen Morrow, and with me today, as always, Mike Walsh. Wow, did I give you a hot mic to start this? Uh, I know. I nearly blew out my ears. You literally had a, a reaction where you kind of yanked back, like you my <laughs> shrill dog voice in your ears. I hope I, hope I fix that in post before people listen. The uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I am here, and uh, it's a very this is a very exciting day for us for a couple of reasons. I'm very excited about our guests. I've actually wanted to have our guests on since we started this podcast five years ago, um, but we're also excited because you and I. Um, oversee two award-winning elements of uh, the diocese in Camden, which is the Catholic Star Herald and the Communications Department. Uh, we had a great experience uh, virtually at the Catholic Media Association Conference in Portland, where our two entities uh, brought in 16 awards. 16. For- I was so excited. I stayed up till like one in the morning to see all of the awards and yeah there they were yeah it was great it was uh, it was wonderful um you've probably heard us talk about the catholic media association's um media awards they they cover all of uh broadcast journalism and print journalism and then what the work we do in communications departments all the different elements that we work on and uh, we were blessed to uh, come away with a nice big haul. I'm not saying that the Diocese of Camden got more awards than the rest of New Jersey collectively. However, uh, that may actually have been the case. And I'm kind of excited about that. And I will be honest with you, I'm a little prideful about it. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm sorry. We, we did a great job and we've had a great year last year. Yeah. And it's uh, we work with great people, and it was really wonderful to see them recognized. Yeah, yeah, actually. So what's pretty phenomenal about that also is like Mike, like you said, Mike. The, all, you know, it's it's not it's not just New Jersey; it's across the nation and Canada. Right. So the fact that we took home sixteen awards and. Uh, we have 11 members on our staffs combined. Every single member got an award or was recognized for something. And, you know, I think, like you've told me before, it's not that we do this for the recognition, but I was thrilled knowing that every member on the team um, was recognized for how hard they work. Yeah, they were. I mean, it was uh, recognitions from some videos we've done and our work on social media, as well as um, the work of the in print, uh, the newspaper work that we mm-hmm. do. Uh, several of our ads that, that were created for the newspaper won awards. It was really, it was really nice. And uh, you know, there's a full listing on the CatholicStarHerald.org website about uh, what we won. If you're interested in it, I will say, um, you know, and this is a point of pride for me. Is as a, as a good Catholic boy from South Jersey, our bishop won first place for uh, best pastoral letter. Mm-hmm. It was a letter he wrote regarding his time in New York City, where um, where he was a pastor in Lower Manhattan on 9/11, and you know the the buildings were essentially falling around him. His uh, he was a few blocks up from uh, where the attacks happened, and he ended up hosting. He and his parish ended up hosting evacuees and military for months on end mm-hmm. um 
because of, of what had happened. They were without electric and internet for months. It was an incredible experience. And it's a great letter, but the letter is really amazing because of the pastoral nature of it. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about before, one of the things we like about our Bishop, Bishop Dennis Sullivan, is the fact that uh, he has a very pastoral nature to him. Yeah, she agrees with me. It's okay. She's nodding her head. <laughs> I am. I'm just. I, oh, you know what I was doing? I was thinking about the. I was thinking about that the first time I read it uh, when he wrote it for the 20th anniversary, I believe, of 9/11, and so it published in September. And uh, I just remember reading that pastoral message, thinking how descriptive it was. You know, not you know literally for what was happening, and but also the months following and how he walked with so many people and. Uh, from the first responders to families who had lost loved ones, so I I definitely recommend anybody who's who who can go go check that. You can uh, read it again on Catholic Star Herald. Yeah, no, it was a great experience, and the, the Catholic Media Association does Catholic Media Association does a great job of supporting uh, Catholic entities like us, the podcast, the newspaper, the communications department, uh, putting us in contact with our colleagues from around the nation and Canada where we can share best practices and, and a number of other things. They have webinars for us, and then they have the, the annual conference every year, which uh, next year will be in Baltimore, and uh, we will actually be at. I'm going to make sure that our at least uh, – no, I'm going to make sure that everybody in our department has the opportunity to go down, even if it's just for the day. It's one benefit of being two hours from uh, Baltimore is you can do a day trip down there. So, uh, so yeah, so it's a great experience. And for those of us who are listening, and you might be in the uh, communications field or the particularly the Catholic communications field, you know, uh, if you aren't a member of the Catholic Media Association, I do recommend it because it's a great opportunity to have colleagues. We have very unique jobs um, and it's easy to kind of get lost in our jobs. And uh, as Jen has learned in her time here and prior, that uh, sometimes it's good to be able to talk to people who you work with in that industry to discuss the trials and tribulations of, in our case, being a Catholic communicator. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah. And best practices and, you mm -hmm. know, the faith stories that you learn along the way. Yeah. Speaking about awards, I think there were some other pretty important awards that might want to be recognized. There was at least one. Uh -huh. if any longtime listener of the podcast will know that um, I have been, as as our former uh, co-host used, used to say, I'm rather salty about it. <laughs> the fact that um, our, uh, our, our little pokey podcast here had never been recognized. And our Talking Saints podcast, uh, hosted by Lori Power and Pete Sanchez, have been uh, at that time awarded twice. Now awarded three times. Three times. They won uh, best um, best podcast series on uh, talking on their their podcast about saints. Uh, they were right behind the Jesuits. The the National <laughs> Jesuits organization has their own podcast, and they they took second place to that. However, this pokey little podcast finally got an award. It's uh, we received second place for best uh, diocesan podcast. Actually, I'm not, I don't remember if it was best podcast or best diocesan podcast. I can't remember. But, um, oh, shoot. But the Jesuits came in third behind us in that one. I can't remember who won first, though. <laughs> he says with a grin. <laughs> well, that's because the Jesuits, I, I were very fond yeah, of uh, the Jesuits in general, but in particular because uh, the person who hosts the two Jesuit podcasts, 
um, is Michael Jordan Lasky, who mm-hmm. is a former colleague of mine from my early days here in the diocese. He was our life and justice uh, director, and uh, he has moved on to the Jesuits. And it's glad I am very actually very happy to see that he's the person that we are either beating or losing to as we move along. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. But yes, and they, we were we were recognized particularly because. Um, the judges said they like our very how do they put it i think they said something like that. it's a very authentic conversation yes. it's not it's not forced it's you know we don't do any hyper editing around here it's just a nice little chat amongst friends we hardly do any editing <laughs> no very rarely do i edit anything and if you listen to the last podcast you you know, You'll know why that no. was, uh, the last podcast we did was um uh, the last podcast we did was a carnival podcast, and my co-host Carrie Janice specifically asked that we uh, do it in the midst of the carnival, so you could hear the sounds of the carnival coming through. And sure enough, you could hear the sounds of the carnival. I loved it. I was listening to it in the car. You could hear all the noises in the back. I wanted to just pull over and get some funnel cake somewhere. I like it took me right there. <laughs> it was a great podcast. Well, I hope people weren't uh, weren't offended by the uh, the extra sound in the background, but it was a great pod- podcast, and the people who were there were were actually fun to listen to. Fun to chat with. So I guess uh, with these with these awards, so next time that we do the podcast together, I'm going to introduce it as Talking Catholic, the award-winning podcast. Or the award-winning Talking Catholic podcast. Sure, sure. sounds good. There we go. Yeah, either way. Did you like how I edited you there oh. in real time? That was mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's what my day is like every day, everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's great. I'm doing that from now. I didn't do it this time because I didn't, you know, spoiler alert, but now yeah, that you've course. announced it. Yes, we are the award-winning podcast of uh, Talking Catholic. Yes, I'm very excited about it. So, yes, to to everyone who's ever talked to me about it and me grumbling about the fact that uh, we were never recognized for our truly great podcast, now I can say that we've been recognized. Now I'm just bitter that we didn't win first place. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have, I, you're going to like totally like make me step this up now. Like All of the co-hosts are going to be like, we have to step up our game even more. He's hey, got to win first next you're year. The, you're the one that got um, Mark Wahlberg on this year. So sure. maybe that'll be the thing that pushes us over. So you know, we, that's, what, that's what we were missing was a celebrity Is that guest. what we were missing? So since you you got, what, what was that, in uh, April, March, um, something like that? Yeah, something like yeah. that. March, I think, actually. March. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe Mark Wahlberg pushes the first place. I'm definitely submitting it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's why you should. <laughs> awesome. So, well, talking about award-winning, we have some award-winning ladies on the podcast today. Careful. Very excited. Oh, that's right. They're award-winning. They are. I forgot about that. <laughs> Wait, what? I was just saying because I really enjoy working with these. No, women. they are they are all recipients of the Bishop's Medal. <gasps> they were earlier the, uh, in October of this last is year. Correct. They, they they are in fact award winning uh, guests. I all right. That. Okay. There we go. There you are. All right. So, so this is a podcast that I've been, like I said in yep. the beginning, that I've been wanting to have for forever. I can't say that our guests have wanted to be on it for forever because it's usually fighting me <laughs> tooth and nail. But it's somebody. These are three people that I work with on a semi regular basis, and they are. Are the people that I probably love the most in the diocese, um, and because they, they they do a great job of taking care of me, and I do my best to take care of them. It's a it's a great symbiotic relationship. Well, but they have very hard jobs. I'll tell you right now, I'm very thrilled and honored they're on the show because I respect these three women tremendously. So uh, should I introduce them, or would you like to? Now nah, you're good. All right, I've talked enough. <laughs> Okay, we have Dolores Oriel, the Bishop's Secretary and Secretary to Vocations Director. We have Anna Summers, the Secretary to the Vicar General and the Chancellor. And we have Susan Potillo, the Secretary to Vicar for Clergy, all for the Diocese of Camden. Welcome. 
Hi, ladies. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having us on. Yes. I, I'm not surprised that Dolores was the first and the loudest. Oh, <laughs> I was going to congratulate you, too, Michael, on all your awards. See? No, I won't. No, I won't. She takes it back. And this is why we love these women so much. No, Dolores and Anna and Susan have, they, first of all, they've been here since the beginning of time, I think, each one of them. We or, were with uh, the dinosaurs. We were the, <laughs> Take or take. Exactly. Um, they, uh, Susan and Anna in particular have been with the diocese for a very long time. Dolores decided to work in a high school for a little while and then showed up. Um, mm -hmm. But each of you have been here, geez. So, Anna, you've been here. I know there was a little break where you did some parish life, but you started in what year in the diocese? With it, uh, 1969. 1969, mm -hmm. before I was born. Good, um, good to know. You have to say that. I Michael. really Mike, do really? every time. Like, every you're time. already just jumping out of the gate I with know. women he's, and he's ages and right numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I weigh 250 pounds. I don't care about any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm not telling you what I weigh. Yeah. On second thought, let's go back to the yeah, ages. Let's go back to how many years we were. Susan, you started in the diocese. I know you took some time off in the middle, too, but you started what year? 1971. 1971. And Dolores, you started at Paul VI High School when? 1991. 1991. And then you came to the diocese when? 2003. 2003. Now, you have all seen a lot of bishops come through in that time, right? Yes. Yes. And you have strong opinions on all of them, right? Yes. yes. And am I going to ask you about any of that? No. <laughs> For anyone who wondered if they were coming to this podcast, getting all the secrets of the diocese, nope. We kept the alcohol away from the microphones, and we're going to be good for right now. That's right. But uh, but we did want to talk about the three of them and kind of, mm -hmm. you know, their dedication to the church, the dedication to the diocese, and, and sort of what it's been like that Uh in their time here. So we kind of want to start by talking about your past a little bit. So Anna, as the longest serving member here, we figured we'd start with you. So mm -hmm. what were you thinking in 1969 when you came here? I really never even heard of the chancery before. <clears throat> and I had just graduated and our principal, Sister Mart Marie said, do you have a job yet? And I said, no, sister, I don't. She goes, well, get down there to that chancery. You're working on Monday. And I'm like, oh, my word. Oh, wow. What is the chancery? That's how I got the job. I mean, I never interviewed. Sister, I think that's what they did back then, too. They would get in touch with the high school, mm -hmm. say they needed somebody, and they would send somebody down. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you'd never question sister. Yeah, And of you just not. went. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got the job, really. So I always thought... God must have wanted me there because I really made no choice, really, other than obey sister. You know, I was 17 and she told me to go and I did. And what was your first job? My first job was in the chancery, file clerk, mm -hmm. marriage dispensations. I worked for Father Fisher, who now is, uh, he works in Hawaii now. He moved to Hawaii. And um, then during, I'm trying to think of what happened. Somebody went on vacation and didn't come back, and they needed me upstairs, and they said, go upstairs, and that's how I got to work for the chancellor. Monsignor Maltierno, somebody didn't come back, and yeah. they needed somebody to do his work, so I went upstairs, <laughs> and I worked for Monsignor Maltierno, and that's when Bishop Guilfoyle was up there as well. So that's how I started, and I've been in the same spot. Actually, when I came back, my same dictionary 
was at my desk. <laughs> my name was crossed out. My maiden name was crossed out. And I put my married name at my desk. And I still have that dictionary Aww. there from 1969. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You, you're taking that dictionary with you whenever you retire. I should. Right? I should. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. no, 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 no. That's We're right. having it bronzed and oh. put up yes. outside the office. And return, that's going to be forever now known as the Anna Summers office. Oh. That's what we're doing. I love it. Talking about that right now. Now, these three women threaten to retire constantly, and we all say the exact same thing, no, because, mm -hmm. they, first of all, they know where everything is, and two, they definitely know where all the bodies are buried, so, you know, we, we need to keep them around, but honestly, yeah. I have to go to them on a regular basis, and... <laughs> They always steer me in the right direction. Yeah, I would say I within my that. my first two months here after Carl Peters retired and I and I um, started working here, any questions I had, I knew that I could call uh, Susan, Dolores, and Anna, and always helpful and always getting the information. And yeah. and then I just wanted to walk across the street all the time and hang out with you guys. Oh. <laughs> it, they are a fun crew. I that know. part is true. <laughs> Never felt shy to do a pop in over here. I put it that way. So Susan, you joined in 1971. Yes. And what was your first job here? I worked in the finance office. Um, I had the same thing as Anna, my teacher. I, I was still in high school in senior year, and I had secretarial classes. And Sister Michelle called me up to her desk and said, you have a job. I said, I do? <laughs> yes. But where? She said, the chancery. I said, what's that? I, you know, I had no idea. Same, yeah. So. I, that, I actually went to school half a day and worked half a day. Wow, really? Yeah. And so, your first job here was doing what? Um, oh, in the, in the accounting office, you said, right? In the finance in the office, office, yeah. But Monsignor, um, Monsignor Heron was the mm -hmm. director there, and I was there till I left to have my first child. Yeah. And then... Ten years later, I went back. <laughs> <laughs> Same job in the county department? No, I actually went through different... I worked in the long-term care department. I worked in the chancery, and now I'm in the clergy office. Right. So they just keep moving me around. <laughs> <laughs> but welcomed you back with open arms from the sounds of it. I guess, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. What's long-term care department? That was when we had the nursing homes. Ah, uh, okay. So yep. long-term care. Then mm -hmm. we had three... Three or four, I don't even remember. Three, I think. Yeah. But, um, yes, because the boss that worked with me, with Monsignor Heron, he actually became the director of the nursing homes. And then he would call me every once Can you just come in for just a couple weeks and do this and do that? And little by little, I stayed. Yeah. Yeah. That is how it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why I make sure they all lose my phone number when I leave the place. Oh, I'll stop, like, yeah. That'll happen here. Don't worry about it. So, Dolores, first question to you is, what brought you to Paul the Six, and then how did you end up here? Uh, Paul Six was in the newsletter. The job was posted, and I, at that time, was unemployed. And a friend of mine called me up, and she said, they're hiring a secretary in the discipline office of Paul Six. Why don't you apply? <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right. So I did. I didn't get the job. Oh. No, but Sister Marianne was so impressed with my resume that she called me back for a second interview for guidance, and I got that job. Hmm. But I was not told by a nun to come to the Chancery <laughs> to work. But to, my eighth grade nun is still living, Sister Walter Helene in Chestnut Hill, and Father Terry goes to see her, and when he told her I was Bishop's secretary, she was like, she's what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my... My background's a little different than the girls here. 
But um, and then I became Father Hughes' secretary when he became president at Paul Six. Mm-hmm. And one day he told me we're moving to Camden. Now that was when Father Hughes. What position did Father Hughes? Temporal that, Services. Temporal Services, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he called me and said, "We're getting a new bishop." And you have to apply to be his secretary. I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> I am not bishop secretary material. As anybody who knows me will verify. No, I disagree. I disagree, that's too. That's exactly who you want as your well, bishop. Because you didn't yeah. know the past ones, Mike. Well, that's a good point. I didn't fit that stereotype. But anyway, and then I went to meet Bishop Gante. And, of course, I fell in love with him the minute I met him. He was just so kind and considerate. And I said, well... I don't take dictation. <laughs> and he said, well, I don't dictate. Well, there you and go. they were famous words, weren't they, girls? <laughs> yeah. We all worked for Bishop Conte, and uh, we went through the mergers and bad times, bad t- went police escorts sometimes for people. Um, but we worked through it, and here we are. Yeah. Now we have Bishop Sullivan, who is the Irish gentleman. There you go. That's a good way of describing it. Like that. yeah. That's yeah. good. Like yeah. That. Yes. So. Matter of fact, we're, we're getting to talk to the ladies today because uh, Bishop Sullivan and Father Hughes are on a tour of Ireland right now. So mm-hmm. I was able to abscond with the ladies to, uh, to actually sit in the podcast, which is really the only real reason why I've never had them on the podcast before, because in addition to everything else I do, they're the hardest working people. That Always busy. I've never not come over here and seen them busy doing something mm-hmm. or handling phone calls calls or phone calls that oftentimes get, when they're particularly irate, somehow get dropped in my mailbox. I haven't quite figured out how that happened. I got one from Dolores one time. It was like a forward, like, yeah, this is you. And I felt so honored. I was like, oh, I got a phone call. <laughs> but it wasn't a good one, was no, it? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh-huh. Well, you, you, the three of you oftentimes are, particularly Anna and, and Dolores, you are often the front line for the public coming to the diocese. It's, it's the two of you are answering the phones here. You kind of alluded to it earlier. You know, uh, people have talked to me. I've been here six years now. And, you know, we've had some difficult times in the diocese that I've had to deal with. Um, But I'm reminded frequently that it's whatever I put up with in the last six years, it was nothing was as difficult as the merger process. That was from every account that I've talked to anybody, Mm -hmm. the most pain. It was because it was really the first time it had ever been done in the United States. And people were just not handling it well. No, they were not. I can contribute it to being like the pandemic. Okay. We went through the pandemic and it was horrible, but we did it. And now it's a vague memory. And I think that's how the mergers were. Every day we'd come in and it'd be not only the paperwork and the, but the nastiness and the people and the, you know, like I said, sometimes police escorts to get into a parish, you know, if they had confirmation or something. And now it's like a vague memory. Yeah. But when I think of what it, we would, what situation we would be in today, had we not done those mergers? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we need priests desperately, and you know we're just finding priests to go into. You know, if we had all those parishes open, you wouldn't be able to do it. We couldn't yeah. do it. You yeah. couldn't do it. So it happened at the right time, and I mean, so much of the mail was negative. Oh. I mean, we had binders for different parishes when they merged of all the letters that came in. I mean, some of them, there was like double binders of all terrible. And you felt bad because it almost is like a death. You know, when your parish is especially closed. You know what I mean? 
we had our school closed. I know how I felt about that. I was crying my eyes out. So there was a lot of sadness just rippling through everyone. And it was uh, just a time of like grief, really. Yeah. So now I do feel that we have gotten through the worst part mm -hmm. of that. Although yeah. I think it's still, I think it still plays out. You're oh, it does. still trying to get sure. things together. Right. But um, people are still bitter. There, there is some of that still. Yes. Yeah. But you know, Dolores, you touched on a point uh, that even a, a lot of priests, including uh, Father Father Hughes, has been vocal about. We just don't have the numbers, and that's why the mm -hmm. vocations called a vocation so important. You know, having enough priests to fill mm -hmm. to be able to to serve the the, the churches. So it, it was needed, even though it's heartbreaking. Absolutely. Of course, like you it said, was. it's a spiritual home. Your spiritual mm -hmm. home is closing your schools, but yes. it's it. You know, we have to have uh, more priests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, exactly. and you you three were on the front lines of that in, in many ways, but you also saw the the like. So I was I was part of only one merger in the time that I've been here, and it actually went very smoothly. There wasn't a lot of consternation about it. There, there were definitely issues, and there were some strong feelings, obviously. But I think because we had gone through the merger process eight years earlier, happened around 2016 when when I was here. Um, it, it actually was a very a fairly seamless experience but when you guys were going through it it really hadn't been done before um and i think that out in the out in the parishes you know there was this feeling that um you know it was it was a, the uncaring nature of the diocese and just shutting things down but that wasn't the case at all no, this was something was that not. the bishops and the vicars mm -hmm. were really they really were just as upset i mean yeah. they were very upset to yeah. have to do that really yeah. you know they took no joy in it yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. It, it was a terrible process from beginning to end. But it, like as Bishop Galante noted at the time, it was something that was absolutely necessary. And I think he's been proven to be prescient in the fact that um, that we've kind of seen where things are continuing to go and the difficulties that are that are out there because of it. Which is why we spend so much time telling people to mm -hmm. encourage people to that if you think you know someone who might be a good priest. Encourage them to encourage them to, to become a priest. You know, on a on a happier tangent, I'm going to assume, Dolores, um, you work with the director of vocations. You get to see all those smiling seminarians coming in and out of here all the <laughs> I time. Do. I nice. do. I do. And nice. you know, the, the, they're special. They're yeah. each special in their own way. Uh, the, the two guys that came from Colombia. I mean, Cesar came over here not speaking English. Yeah. And would go over to. Uh, Camden County College in the summer and take courses in English and then would come in here and visit us afterwards and he would be so excited that you know today when you, you've talked to him he mm -hmm. speaks perfect English yeah. and, as well. you know Ricardo but our guys come from uh, down the shore they come from Cherry Hill they come from all different areas but they all um, are, de are generally they're, they're very unique. Each, yeah, and each, each mm -hmm. yeah, and and they all really want to be priests. Yeah, you know, which is great. Like Jose said at the lunch table today to Father Nevitt, you've wanted to be a priest since you were a freshman because <laughs> they know each other from high school. You know, uh, we just had five ordinations, mm -hmm. so we got five nice new priests. Too. That was great. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But um, but we you need know, more. Yeah, now we're gonna pound the cement and try and get some more in. yeah mm -hmm. well that's the thing is you know you, if you sometimes if you don't ask you don't find out you know we always 
hear about, you know, we are called to it. You know, as Father Romano has talked on this podcast several times, he ignored uh, God's call for quite a while. And he kept having to be reminded from other people that he probably had a vocation to the priesthood. And he, when he finally gave in, he goes and becomes a great priest. He was a student when I worked at Paul Sex. Oh, was he? And when he came in for his transcript that summer. Yeah. Um, he was already in college, so I didn't. I was kind of like, "What do you want a transcript for? Where are you going in the seminary?" Ah, <laughs> and that's he what he was doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, he's another. And one he's very happy. Priest. He's oh, very God. happy. We'll get him back soon. <sighs> we can only hope. <laughs> I need. I need someone to make fun of. The, uh, I got to imagine. Uh, so you know, the three of you are somewhere between famous and infamous in the diocese. You are all extremely well known. Um, amongst uh, those of us on the inside of the diocese. All the priests know you. All of the staff knows you. Um, half of the staff is frightened of you because, you know, I don't know why, actually, because I find the three of you to be delightful. It's just me. It's not them. <laughs> you know be honest, what? Mike. I wasn't going to say it out loud. Yeah, be honest. They know, and I know. <laughs> Dolores, you look so proud. <laughs> She not meaning to be proud. <laughs> Just keep everybody straight. That's all. Well, that, okay. So yes. this is the, you know, uh, I'm actually kind of meant to lead with this, mm-hmm. but uh, the three of you for each of your areas are essentially the gatekeepers. And that's yeah. a di- very difficult job to have. I mean, you know, you do get a lot of, you get a lot of happy phone calls. You get a lot of good phone phone calls you get phone calls just to the normal rigmarole and then you get a lot of negative calls too and you're the first person they listen to so Anna you know if you get a, a someone who's like particularly upset or something like that about whether it's serious or inconsequential but they they really are upset about something you know how do you typically handle that when uh, she cries that? Oh, well that works sometimes <laughs> no I really feel that you just have to let the person speak yeah either because sometimes you might even disagree yeah, you know, big time. But I just keep my mouth shut, and you—it just gives them a space to let their feelings be known. And it is true that when you write up a message, it is read. Yeah, you know, it's not like it—you're mm-hmm. it, not heard. Yeah. Um, a lot of times somebody will call and they're very upset. They could be very angry, and you like just sit there and listen. But by the end of it. They'll say thank you for yeah. listening to me. They just want somebody to hear them. Yeah. And I feel that that's important. I would want to be heard myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's my big approach to the whole thing. Yeah. And if I can say something, or even sometimes if somebody calls with a problem and, you know, there's nobody around, I will say that I will pray for that person. And they, yeah. they're very grateful. Oh, thank you for doing that. Mm. So, you know, you, you just take each person as they call as an individual case that's how i do because each person has their own uh, background they have their own whatever their gripe is and um you just let them be heard that's Mm -hmm. my main thing Mm -hmm. that's just that's just good customer service right there well you know it's funny you're talking about this today anna because i've received a couple letters this week um it's it's like fat feast or famine like sometimes you know there's nothing and i was reading all these last night saying you know somebody took the time to to write these and i'm honored whether they're you know happy or not happy either way I read them and I sit down and and sometimes I respond, sometimes it doesn't require a response. Somebody took the time, Yes, like you said, they took the time to call, they just want to be heard, and I'm honored if they write. I mean, I'm sure you're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. but 
Yeah, well, that's what we're called to do. That's and true. that's what the Synod's all about right now, too, is listening. Mm-hmm. So I am very curious just to, to change subjects a little bit. Um, with all three all three of you women, you know, you've been in the church a long time, been working for the church a long time. Um, how have you seen it change? I mean, we're talking 1969 to today. Well, I myself remember when the Vatican Council, the Second Vatican Council was going on, and the priest turned around, used to say mass with his back facing you. And mm-hmm. I remember the Sunday that he was turning around, I made sure I was in the front row. I was so <laughs> excited to see this. I'm like, oh my word. And then little by little, they brought in, you know, they started, I think, with the Our Father being in English and little by little, but it was very, very ex- exciting for me. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I really did. Mm-hmm. And just watching the changes of like what you brought up before the women in the church they have uh, different positions where they did not have those before you mm-hmm. know at, well the education has come a long way too because now women are more educated you know yeah. mm-hmm. even in church subjects you know mm-hmm. so it, it really has been wonderful to see i think and even the people working at the diocese when I came back after being home with my kids for 10 years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was amazed that the women had a director position yeah. or, you know, in our diocese, which is was very different. You know, it was all, all men or priests, yeah. mm-hmm. which was, you know, unusual to, to have a woman you know, director. A lot more laity, really, because before True. it was mostly priests. It was mostly priests, all the yes. positions in the chancery in the right. diocesan center mm-hmm. and now you have a lot of lay people yes a lot of lay people did yes. you find that inspiring or hopeful for yes. yeah i think it was great you know it, it, it you don't have to be a certain person to be able to get that job anybody can if you have the quality to you know the, to do it mm-hmm. because you do have the lady who have their people of great faith and um that's what you yeah, want. You absolutely. Know. They're yeah. faithful people. And I feel anybody, no matter what walk of life, whether married, single, priesthood, or religious, you're inspirational if you do your job well and you're faithful to your walk in life. That's mm-hmm. how I look at it. So you could be inspired by a good priest. You could be inspired by a good lay person. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it all makes a very nice picture when it's all together. (laughs) I also think it's really interesting that it was a religious sister who recommended, you know, everybody Mm -hmm. on on this podcast today. You know, it was it was a sister pushing, uh, saying, hey, you're going to do this. Or, hey, why did you ever think about this? Mm -hmm. I just I love that idea. Yeah. Seeing something in you, just like priesty and, and religiousy and just I like that thing. I remember when um, I've had a sister in my church who inspired me to even become Catholic uh, she was a family friend sorry before my church so and then she said why don't you even just come you know just come check out the RCIA class and then I got hooked and then you know became fully See, Catholic well, that was the invitation but, you're talking right. about the priesthood yep mm-hmm. that was your invitation so right. an invitation does go a long way mm-hmm. that's weird none mm-hmm. of the women religious ever invited me to anything <laughs> 
<laughs> I was invited to be quiet a lot. I know that. I remember that in high school. <laughs> Sister Gertrude Mary and Sister Mary Gerald both uh, from time to time asked me to stop talking. Uh, that's all. That's the only invitation I got. I should mention that Anna and Anna's daughter Anna and I yep. went to high school together. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've often said that. Uh, you know, I wonder if Anna had wished it was me instead of Anna's actual husband that, that proposed. But that's okay. I never. Sorry, because Anna. <laughs> Anna and I were well. Anna Summers. She went. She and I were in every homeroom together, yes. every yeah, class together. I yeah. I've loved Anna ever since. Uh, I mean, loved in the platonic I way. Right. Uh, I loved her ever since I first met her freshman year. It's a great family. The Summers family is renowned in the greater Gloucester City, Brooklyn area. Actually, <laughs> don't say what is renowned for. <laughs> All you need to say is Summers. That's it. <laughs> and then it's usually followed by which house or which bar. That's it. Oh it's, no. It's, no, no, no. But they actually. I will say, and this is probably letting a little too much out, that the uh, I started following Anna's daughter, Anna, uh, many years ago, not just to catch up with her and stuff like that, but also because I really miss the family hysterics. Like, they have, a, they have a family crawl that they take where each house, what was the last one? It was like, each house you have decorated in a certain oh, we theme, have right? themes for every year. Yeah. Yes. This year, it's going to be famous themes. Famous thieves. thieves. Oh, oh, I like wow. that. So you could do, say, like um, Robin Hood. You can do, like, just a burglar. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, th- there's a million things you could do. So that's this year. That is a, the, the Summerses are a very tight knit family. Wait, this is for Halloween? No, this is just for our house <laughs> this, this is just something they do. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean I was going to like do a... maybe Father Time because he stole my youth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my goodness. I love that. That is outstanding. Awesome. <laughs> so, Susan, you know, you've got to work with or be a part of the priesthood. So, you, so whereas um, Dolores in her time here has been working with a lot of seminarians. You've been a part of working with a lot of the priests, sort of as they migrate through their career. Right. Uh, you are you are their records holder. Um, you know, as you've gotten to know these guys as they as they've gone along. I mean, when they start retiring or as they move through or they achieve certain things, like Father Romano now is the head of uh, was admissions at the the NAC in Rome. Um, you know, is that have you felt anything personally about that as you've gotten to know some of these guys? Well, I always feel like. They're such wonderful men. I really do think that. And when they change and go to something different and they do so well, I, it's it's really nice to see. Really? It is. Because they're all, I don't know, not that they're like my children, but I just feel yeah. like I... You get attached. I, yeah, you do get attached. And that's part of my reason why I, I don't know if I want to retire or not. I keep thinking about it. Thank and, you, Susan. Yay! <laughs> I mean, well, I have to eventually, but I'm just saying. No, they, no, 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 no. We'll keep a couple of coffins down in the basement, and you guys keel over your desk, we'll walk you out that way. Oh, we'll no. Roll you out of anyway. I'm telling you, that's the way to go. Go on your feet at the job. You know, the leading uh, cause of death amongst all elderly people is retirement, so oh, stop. fight it. <laughs> So fight it. (laughs) (laughs) But I hear what you're saying. I mean, how must it be to see some of these young men when they're first ordained and then, you know, follow their career over the years? Yeah. See how they grow? They do. They change. You can see how confident they are after a while. Mm -hmm. Like they look like scared puppies, you know, in the beginning. (laughs) And they really turn out to be very good priests. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's wonderful. 
It is. Aww. It's funny that you say that because I always say it's funny when you say that when I find something I in common with someone. Funny. It's never funny. No. Um, I remember when I was working for Catholic Press for you know, my first very first year and I covered an ordination. And to this day, I feel like those are my priests, you yes. know, because I covered it. I got to know them better. Yes, and, you know, true. I follow their careers now because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's my those are my priests. Those are my guys, right, you know, because you right. want it. Like you said, you get to know them. You want to see them succeed. Exactly. Yeah. Dolores, you're heartless. Um, do you feel that way, too? Yes. Yes. Thanks, Anna. <laughs> Anna said I have to say yes. Okay. <laughs> she didn't just give you a silent clue. She said it out loud. No, I'm sitting here, but she's talking, and I'm thinking about Father Nevitt. Yeah. I knew Father Nevitt in the seminary. I, I mean, my, right through the last couple of years, it, his ordination and everything, and then he was down in Epsicum for four years, so I really haven't seen him yeah. or been around him. Well, now I'm working very closely since they put the new door in <laughs> with him, um, and he's Bishop's priest secretary now, and what a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, he's much more mature and, um, you know... Confident. Confident, well-spoken, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know... So they do grow up and become big boys. Oh. I've been here six years. I haven't had that feeling once about any of those, these guys that I've gotten to know. And then so I, I say that to say this to your point, uh, Jen, about the benefit of having such great women that we're, we're here working with. I mean, that's a completely different perspective. Like, they seem nurturing. Like, I'm more of a push the bird out of the nest and hope he doesn't die that's on your his male. way down. Right. Well, that's, that's my point. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that, that's a good thing. I but think. also, on you know, Mike, listeners, my niece visited a couple of weeks ago. She's 14. She came into the office. I'm going to ask you to stop this story right now, nope. depending on which direction you're going. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. She met everybody on the staff, and you were the last one. Yeah. And when we drove home that day, I said, well, what was it like? She said, looks like you work with a whole bunch of big kids. So, you know what? <laughs> I said... As Mike would say, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> We're a bunch of big kids. I haven't figured out how that's germane to what I said, but you currently have a migraine, so. Yeah. Be nice. Thank you. <laughs> to whom? Which but one of us? Talking about Father You'll Nevitt. Nice to oh, I'm sorry. Doesn't Father Nevitt, hasn't he also been on podcast? Doesn't he also have once. his own yeah, podcast show? Father Nevitt's been on once, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we gave him his own YouTube show, which he did one episode for and never did another one. So I still, speaking, going back to that Mary McCusker reference, I'm still a little salty with Father Nevitt right now. Salty. But, but now that he's uh, yeah. one street away from me, I'm going to put that guy to work. I'm looking he's forward a, to that. He'll be working, don't worry. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's, he's doing triple the work. Yeah, he's... Uh, He's getting ready. Yeah, yeah. Being pre-secretary to the bishop is extremely yeah. time-consuming and, and difficult. Yes. Yeah. Uh, plus, he's now the assistant director of vocations, mm-hmm. and um, I'm giving him his show back and making him do that. So he's. I hope he doesn't need a lot of sleep. <laughs> Fair warning <laughs> to Father Nevitt. to Father Nevitt, Father Josh Nevitt. If you're li- listening to this, <laughs> yes. I you carry your grudge. <laughs> However, unfortunately, he is a great guy, and I like him a lot. So um, he's actually well-suited for that, and I think he's going to do great. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll be honest. You know, the ladies can probably back me up on this. You know, working in the diocese, I think there's a natural inclination to be some friction between the the diocesan offices and, say, the parishes and the schools and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But in the time I've worked here, there's not a bad egg in the bunch. There really isn't. Like even the people that irritate me are really good people, mm-hmm. um, and the, and all they care about is ensuring that we're doing our best for the people of the faith and the people who want to join the faith, faith who aren't currently in it. Like 
they do a, they they're constantly thinking of evangelizing and getting these people into heaven you may not agree with their methodology you may not agree with the words that are said mm -hmm. however that is for every single person i work with in the diocese from custodial all the way up to the bishop that is all they're interested in mm -hmm. it's really aggravating for a person like myself who only <laughs> thinks of myself but it, it is amazing that's why okay so i'm you know all the, all the self-deprecating jokes i make about myself right it's not my fault it's because of the people i work with and these three are exactly the same way all right particularly the one in the middle dolores <laughs> she could be my sister or my mother but we share a personality, and yet she still cares about everybody more than I do. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's well, really wonderful. Actually, that kind of makes me you know, think about how often, or how you know, the longevity of, of your employment here. How has that helped your faith grow? I mean, you're saying right now, Mike. You know, these women are looking out for people. And they're part of the giant evangelization process. Well, you know, so it's how funny. has your faith grown? You, you don't realize how what a terrible question you just asked. Oh, I do. Okay. Well, I'll tell the listeners. I'll tell the listeners. So when I first came here, the, um, you know, the then superintendent of schools, we were in a meeting or leaving a meeting or something like that. And she talked to me and she's like, uh, you know, you actually have to have the most amount of faith when you come here. Right. Um, because here are these people from the outside are good and holy people, right? But then you you get close and you start working with them and you see their humanity. Right. And that's what it requires. You can become disillusioned because you see people oftentimes, as we discussed earlier, like say during that very mm -hmm. traumatic merger process, mm -hmm. I mean, we went from 160 parishes to 60 112 parishes? 125 to 62. So basically the diocese was cut in half in terms right. of the number of parishes. These three women got to see the very much the humanity on both sides. And yet they've stayed here dedicated to the cause throughout it. So obviously they're insane. And well, that's why I asked the question, because not only have they seen probably some of the worst, you still pick up the phone, Anna, and pray for somebody who calls or just listen to them like you were talking. So that's why I asked the question, how how maybe, you know, how has it grown? How has it been challenged? But you continue to evangelize through your work. Do you look at yourself as evangelizers through your work? Susan? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but I, I feel like you get to know humanity a little bit and you, you see there's good in everybody and I think that you learn from everybody yeah. and it, it, it I just keep learning things I really do from people that you talk to from the priest I just think it's it's a very unique place to work mm -hmm. and I think we really are very lucky to be here how about I, you Anna what about your faith I feel like my faith has deepened because, you know, it makes you question your own, you know, what do you believe and why do you believe? I feel like I don't really put my faith in a, a human person. I feel that it's more my relationship with the Lord now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course, I, I love, you know, the church leaders and whatever but really I mean they guide you along the path during life but I really feel that it's it's personal like your faith is a very personal thing and you have to um, 
you have to want to grow and question yourself. That's what, what I have done. One time a woman told me, if you work here when I was younger, if you work here, you're either going to lose your faith or it'll grow stronger. And I was like, that's so weird. <laughs> and then really it's true. You know, mm -hmm. you could lose your faith. Like you, you said, can. you could mm -hmm. let things bother you and you go, oh my God. But there is nothing perfect. Nothing is perfect. And I don't think that we are perfect. So that kind of helps me take things with a grain of salt. Yeah. yeah. And then I go back to what, you know, love one another, you know, the basics. That's yeah. what I go by. And then there's Dolores. Now Dolores, <laughs> now Dolores suffers from the same disease that I suffer from, which is rampant sarcasm. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> now I was going to say something nice. Oh, see, and I believe her, which is why I'm giving you a look. <laughs> I don't. So I want to hear what she's got to say. Yeah. Okay. First of all, these two ladies that I work, have the privilege of working with every day are unbelievable. They have never worked anywhere else but here. Okay. So their whole life has been in this religious setting. I, on the other hand, have worked out there. It's not easy. And the people that you work with in different sectors of life um, make it very difficult sometimes. But I have to say that when, when I was told I had to come up here and work, there was only one person I was afraid of. That was Rita Burner. <laughs> and and I'm telling you, and these two girls, are like, we're together. I say to Anna all the time, I'm with you more than you're with your husband. You know, yeah. we're here day in and day yeah. out, you know. Mm -hmm. and, but um, you learn to be grateful for the atmosphere that you're in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I could be having such a bad day, and I'm not an overly religious person. I'm really not. Yeah. But I could be having, a, and I look at that crucifix, and I'm like, "All right, now it's your turn. Yeah. You take it, because sometimes you just can't, you yeah. know, yeah. or you get, you know, a, a woman on the phone who's crying because her kids don't have any food, and da 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 da. And the, yeah. I'm a mother, you know what I mean? And that's with all of us. We look at it like this is not a job, this is a vocation too, because. Every day we come to work, we don't know what we're going to face. We don't know who we're going to get calls from. We don't know, you know, what shoe's going to drop next. But you just come prepared, and you just hope that you're able to handle it. And that's faith. That's mm -hmm. faith. Was that nice enough, Mike? Yeah, it's it was. Fine. <laughs> I shocked you, didn't I? <laughs> you're a little surprised, are you? No, I'm not, because yeah. I know these three. Yeah, that's just exactly what they're capable of. Why do you yeah, think I, I know. whenever I come up here, okay, so you know me, and generally edgy <laughs> disenfranchised no, sad no, sad that no. might be true you're not yeah. sad i'm usually irritated and when i come mm, up here it's not strong enough I, <laughs> keep going <laughs> well, those are words i can't use on the podcast right um but when i come up here it's yeah. these three face similar battles yeah. that uh that in my department mm -hmm. i face a lot and it's it's a nice opportunity to commiserate and you know we shouldn't make it sound like you know, working here is a is an arduous task, but it's a very real task. Mm -hmm. You know, to what actually I think Dolores said it beautifully. You genuinely don't know what you're going to get because the people in our faith, you know, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of pain, mm -hmm. and you know they want to reach out to somebody. And you would you know, like you may think that when people are contacting their parish, 
by the way, this isn't just the, the diocese. Right. The parish secretary is probably as important as the parish priest yep. when it comes mm-hmm. to, to first to line of defense yeah. and yeah. first evangelizer that people yeah. hear from. Exactly. And as Dolores knows, it's the exact same way in the school setting. Mm-hmm. The the school secretary is the first person you're going to talk to, and you want to have that person there who knows, which is why these three are never allowed to retire, who knows how to handle a situation like that and mm-hmm. who to who to bring in and when to bring them in and where to where to send them so you know it's it is as much a vocation as mm-hmm. any other job in the diocese and you need to have someone at the handle or in this case the phone or the that the other side of that email address mm-hmm. who knows how to handle the situation so send in your applications now <laughs> They ain't going nowhere. <laughs> well, that's probably the reason why they were all tabbed. Is because those nuns knew. Yeah. Those nuns knew that you have to have the right kind of person in the right kind of place. And at least two of the three of these was exactly the kind, which is why some woman religious sent them in the other direction. The other one was just dumb luck. Well, that's no, why I, was, I thought I it was, was impressive. Dumped by a... <laughs> Doesn't sound right. No, no edit that out. Edit that out. Influenced by a priest. Sometimes yeah. we're encouraged. Sometimes we're brought by our collar. Right. That's what happens. Yeah. I have to say that uh, mo- most of the people that work in the buildings are all uh, very compassionate because you know if somebody has something happening in their life, I mean, you know, we, you know, there's somebody downstairs whose husband's sick. I mean. There's like a support system where, you know, when mm-hmm. you come in, you people are asking, how's it going? And they kind of like give you hope. They're praying. I mean, I can't tell you how many people will pray for you to say something's wrong in your nah. family. Gonna- I got yelled at. I got yelled at by multiple priests here and you, I think, Anna. What the- when my mom was in the hospital. And I didn't oh. tell anybody because I was like, oh. nobody wants to hear about that. No, I got yelled true. at by every priest. That I, and I, I turned around. I forget who. I guess it was maybe Father Hughes or, oh no, it's Father Adam. Father Adam Chahesky. Um And I said, I don't know. Why would I tell you that my mom's in the hospital? And he goes, so we can pray for her. Yeah. And I go, oh right, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that part. Okay. That is. Wait, I mean, did you say- <laughs> Mike is going to save that clip forever. Yes. That'll, that'll never get, never get. He deleted. Edited it out. Yeah. The, uh, well, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding around. I yeah. know that, you know, you all want to retire at some point. I just know that that will be personally a very sad day when it does happen. Mm-hmm. And it will be a loss for the diocese when it does, which is why I'm glad that, you know, we finally got it around to hanging some medals on you guys in October. Just reminding you that how integral and important you were in being here. So I'm... Um, very excited about that. I'm also very excited you all agreed <laughs> to be on the podcast. <laughs> he says <laughs> incredulously. <laughs> even if, even though multiple people told him not to do it. Yeah. So, uh, no, this was a conversation. I like conversations like this because I yeah. think it's important for people to to know, you know, a little bit of the inner workings and the more, scenes. yeah, the mm-hmm. humanity of the people who are here and the fact that, believe it or not, we actually do care. Mm-hmm. Not me, but the other. You one. do. You do. Yeah. Don't spoil your reputation. I hide, I hide it under a ton of sarcasm all right everybody well thank you very much for joining us this week thank you all for thank you. being thank here you. thank you thank jen you. thank you for suffering through a migraine and staying on it we really appreciate that too i wouldn't yeah. miss this one this is great <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to everybody else uh, we'll chat with you again next week see you, everybody bye bye